0: Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy podcast. I hope the start of 2023 has been excellent for you. How are you doing? What's new with you? We're doing well over here. Baby Hunter just So yesterday, this is this is coming out on the 19th of what month? January. <laughs> yesterday turned three months old and we have said bye-bye to colic and hello to more sleep and it's just gotten a little bit easier thank goodness just a little bit i'm not counting my chickens before they hatch (laughs) and all the new mamas said yes and amen so i'm inching closer and closer to coming back from maternity leave Dun, dun, dun. And I'm really thinking about, I'm thinking carefully about what that will look like. Like you guys know, I homeschool my daughter. She's an online school, but she's here. And I have a newborn and I run this business and household. So um, it's going to be interesting. And I really wanted to, like, I'm I'm trying to be very thoughtful about this. And I wanted to ask for your feedback before I make a final decision on what I think um, I want to do next with you. So if you are listening to this episode in the month of January, 2023, I created a one-question survey for you at Smiley.com. So I'm L-I-Z-Z-I-E-S-M-I-L-E-Y.com, LizzieSmiley.com. It's just going to ask you what service would be the most helpful for you that I should prioritize early this year. The podcast isn't going anywhere, but I used to do, um, I have a course, I have courses, and then I used to do one-on-one Zoom coaching Um, which I may bring back. I just want to find out what you think would be the most helpful because I've heard from so, 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 so many of you since I've been on maternity leave um, asking for coaching to come back and all of that. So I want to find out like number one, would it be most helpful to have maybe Etsy shop reviews where I look over your shop and send you personalized feedback? Number two, would you get excited about maybe like a monthly membership with me on Facebook where I'm like there and I do shop reviews, I do Q&As, additional training, have guest teachers, provide regular support like would that be really cool? Like let's create our own little happy place on Facebook in a group or number 3, would you like to see the one-on-one Zoom coaching come back? So if you're thinking about working with me or you're one of the many, many, many people who have reached out or it's something you might be interested in the future or you just have an opinion, I'm talking to you and um please just pop over to LizzySmiley.com and let me know what will help you the most. It's literally going to take three seconds. It's just the one question. And that's going to give me really helpful insight into what you guys need first and help me make decisions about what I should prioritize with my time as I come back. So thank you so much. So, so, so much for helping me out with that. And I am so excited to share this episode and get your wheels turning about how you can really grow your Etsy shop this year. Are you ready? Because this is the best time of year to start really digging into and developing your shop. Um, The world is your oyster, my friend. So for most folks, sales are maybe a bit slower right now, but many of the new trends have made themselves known. And so we we can all take some time and update our shops, develop some new products, get ourselves well situated for the coming year. There's plenty to do if you are in a slower time right now. And I will say um, when my six figure shop was open and and for those of you who don't know, it's been on vacation mode since November of 2021 because we were trying for baby number two. And the chemicals in the paint and the stain that I worked with were not going to be safe for me or baby during all of that. Um, So there'll be there'll be more in the future. But that's right now I'm just like dealing with newborn phase. But I was in the home decor niche. I made painted signs. And um, January was actually kind of a busy month for us. So um, people were taking down their holiday decorations and wanting to refresh their spaces. So we kept pretty busy in January. And I just add that because like really calling anything a slow season on Etsy is kind of a misnomer. Like it's just totally depends on your niche. Um, Lots of shops report being slow in the summer, for example. But If you sell the right graduation slash summertime slash pool party or out of school kinds of products, summer could end up being your busy season. So very interesting too, if you think about it, you could kind of like rotate, you could have products for all the seasons. But anyway, I digress. Either way, the beginning of the year always feels like a good time to review and assess and plan and grow and do a bit of a refresh. So that's what I want to help you with do this episode and today we're going to talk about seven different ways that you can grow your Etsy shop in 2023. This is going to be a bit long but hopefully like really really detailed and packed with information that's going to inspire and help you. So let's dive in shall we? (laughs) Number one do an in-depth shop review. Okay this is the first way to grow. So before you do anything else I want you to get a really good handle on where you're at, where you are. Take a close look at your stats and see how many visits you're getting to your shop. What products are visited the most? What sells the most? Where does the traffic come from? What keywords appear to be sending you the most shoppers? Review all of those details. There's more. Just go over to the stats part in your dashboard, your Etsy dashboard, because A, it's going to help you understand some of what's working and what isn't. B, it's likely to um, give you ideas of more listings to create or keywords to tweak based on the data that you see. Um, So next time, next after that, you you just need to take a look at those stats. You need to get really familiar with where you're at. But after that, it's time to research your niche to see what the top players are doing because they will most likely drive the trends, or they're at least going to know about them first. Find the best selling listings. And the shops with the most sales that's where you want to start so this should doing this should give you ideas for some of the new listings to create in the next several weeks and months Um, what inspiration can you take from their shops and make your own so i'm not talking about copying here that's illegal and just like poor integrity instead you want to use their high-performing products as clues or guideposts for what you can create with your own style with your own colors your own branding but but really give you a peek into what works well and what shoppers are drawn to. There's just a wealth of information when you look at what the people who are killing the game are doing think of it like this. Lots of companies sell moisturizer. I'm a drunk elephant grill myself. I love it. I think it's clean. I like that it's clean. I like that it works well. I like that it's just like not filled with a bunch of junk. I like the, that it's like relatively unscented. So they, but they all, each one of these companies has their own features, right? That, that, that those were the ones for drunk elephant that they, they promote, but they all, every company has its own scent and texture and ingredients and effectiveness and packaging. Oh my gosh, I love the packaging. Some are high-end, others are middle or low-end. It's all over the map. They all do a great job of offering the same type of product. One way or another, your skin's getting moisturized to some degree. But they they find their own way or their own unique selling proposition to take a product that is in demand and make it their own. So pay attention um, particularly to how your competitors set up their shop because they have figured out what works. You can learn a lot from it. What does their welcome announcement say? What does the main storefront look like? How have they set up their listings? Do they offer variations on their products? How does their pricing compare to yours? Is their shipping free or an extra charge? What's the turnaround time? How do all these things compare to yours? It's gonna show you where you can improve. It's gonna show you what you're doing well. It's gonna expose a lot because these are the people who are selling item after item after item over and over and over again. I would study their titles for their for like SEO hints. Find out what they put in their FAQs. Um, You can actually read their reviews too and see what do people love and what do people hate. But this is going to tell you, like before you've had a whole bunch of frequently asked questions yourself, you're going to know what to expect because you're going to be able to kind of sneak and say, oh, okay, well, this is what other people who sell what I sell are getting asked a lot. You're going to have some insight there and you're going to be able to look more put together. do, do they do anything really smart in their description that might help them win the sale? What do you notice? After you do this for quite a while, I'd look at as many shops and listings as you possibly can, definitely spend a few hours doing this, and now it's time to go back and experience your own shop as a contrast. It hits different after you've looked at the people who are doing it really well. Um, Even as a six-figure shop, I'd go back and do this and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I'd think about something like that was such an amateur rookie move. So go to your storefront as if you were a shopper and review your shop as a whole. Take it all in. How does it look when a visitor comes to look at it? Um, What can you improve to make the experience better? Do the header and profile graphics look attractive? Do they reflect your brand well? Are you featuring your most popular listings at the top of your page and or in the featured listings? Go through and deactivate any listings that are for other seasons, like don't really apply right now, or that no longer perform for you. What can you do to clean up your shop sections to make it easier for shoppers to find what they're looking for? I would recommend that you making sure that your about section is up to date as well. I like, I honestly can't believe how often this section isn't completed in a new shop. Like I I look at um I look at Etsy shops all the time, and honestly, guys, before you have lots of sales and reviews, your about section is pretty much the only way you can build trust with a shopper. Like they might like your listing, they might like your picture, and, but if they connect with your story, they feel like you're a real, relatable person whose business they'd like to support. They are more likely to take a chance on you um, because they can't see the social proof of the sales and the reviews and everything. So make sure like spend some real time on that about section. I'm always bummed when when I don't see one. The next thing to do is to work on your listings themselves. You're going to take all of that research you just did from the competition and it will guide you on the best improvements that you can make. So focus first on your top sellers. Like if you have a ton of listings, like just focus on the top sellers. Or if you don't have any yet, you're brand, brand new, start with the ones that you think have you have like the best feeling about. Kind of go with your gut on that and go through those listings with a fine tooth comb. Make as many edits as you can come up with. Look at your SEO, your photos, your descriptions, your tags and your pricing and make sure that um, it's it's looking really good and competitive in contrast to or in, you know, in comparison to the bigger brands, the bigger shops that you you've looked at. Think through what can be tweaked or updated or improved. Now, if you want if you want help with this, like some of you might be like, Lizzie, you just word vomited on me. I don't even know what all that means. I don't know what that looks like. Like, hopefully I've given you uh, hopefully you're feeling really excited right now. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally like I need to go look at those things. But if you want help, you want to see exactly how I do all of this, like how I set up my listings so that they sell, how I study the competition, like exactly what I do and look at to figure out what my SEO should be, my my flagship course, it's called listings that sell. I show you every single detail. Like I literally recorded myself navigating through Etsy, like every single click and writing out the keywords and doing the research for five different types of products. So it doesn't even matter what you sell. Um, The course is going to show you how to figure out your SEO and set up your listings. Uh, I wanted to get you guys a bit of a discount so you can access that course right now if you need that help at a discounted rate by going to teachmeetsy.com, which I will also link for you in the show notes, but just teachmeetsy.com. Now, One more thing here, too, because it's so, 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 so important. If you are using words or phrases or images on your products that have the potential to be trademarked by someone else, so this would include, but not be limited to, things like a cartoon character, a TV show reference, something like the Nike swoosh, a phrase like happy camper, you need to, at a minimum, do a review on the website USPTO.gov to make sure you're in the clear. If someone else owns the trademark and you profit from it, even if you don't get caught right away, you can get into some very expensive trouble. So your girl's looking out for you. Um, And even if you did a trademark search when you created the item, it is a good idea to periodically go back and recheck so you can keep yourself out of legal trouble. So new things are being trademarked every day and the status can change. So none of this should be interpreted as legal advice. It's just for educational purposes, guys. I do have a little tutorial that I will link for you in the show notes to just um, show you how you can search stuff to see if it's trademarked on USPTO.gov. I, I thought it'd be, inter- be helpful for you to have a little snippet just to show you like how to go about that. Um, so check that out. So that this section was a bit long-winded, but I think it's super important to do this kind of intensive self-review at least once per year. And the research portion uh, and the improvements you make as a result of that research can completely change the game for you. Like this is literally what I learned in a course all those years ago that took me from making a few hundred dollars per month in sales to several thousand. Um, studying your competition this way is crucial and huge. And I'm so excited for what could happen for you when you do this. So like, let me know if you have a really cool story. Like, Let me know. Hit me up. Instagram, how to sell your stuff or shoot me an email. Lizzie smiley at yahoo.com. I geek out. I love hearing from you guys. So let's move on to our second way to grow your Etsy shop this year. Number two, pay attention to the trends. Once you understand the current climate of your niche, and where you stand in it, it's time to start developing your growth strategy, right, moving forward. So as you complete your research and the of the competitors, and you freshen up your own listings and storefront, you should also build a list of ideas. Because if you're doing that research, right, you'll be coming up with a lot of them. I mean, I would have pages of them. And it will be super helpful to have them when you sit down to create new and improved products. In addition to that, the next items to add to that list should be related to what Etsy says is trending. So yep, you're gonna say the competition, but you're also now gonna incorporate the trends. So for you newer shops, grabbing onto trends is one of the ways you can get a faster start on Etsy. Like you don't have to wait as long to get incorporated in the algorithm because the trend will carry you. The shops that have the quickest success are either riding a trend or run by someone who already has a strong following or digital marketing experience. So the point is, some people will shoot to the top of Etsy, even though they're brand new, just because they're in a good niche. They're, they're riding the trends that they're, that, that they're working with. And here are a few ways to find out what's trending. If you're listening to this in the first half of 2023, then you should check out my first episode of the year, which is the one right before this one, where I go over the biggest trends expected for 2023. Um, Etsy puts out a report showing what they will be, and then I share also how I recommend that you use them. I kind of condense it for you, make it a little more palatable. I don't know, maybe I think it's more palatable. You guys should tell me, Lizzie, this is horrible. Or I, don't, I usually hear good stuff from you guys about my trend uh, reports. So. I will have that episode, the last one, um, linked for you in the show notes. You can go grab it. And um, anytime after that, like the second half of 2023 and beyond, it's very cool because you can always check what's trending real time on Etsy by just going to etsy.com forward slash trends. And you will see the listings that are just at the very top of the feed right now that are selling left and right. Um, Or, and I actually kind of prefer this because I don't want to see the general trends. I want to see the trends as they pertain to my niche. You can get more niche specific and find out what's popular by searching through the main product headings at the top of Etsy's homepage. They always highlight their biggest niches right there. Like if you go there's like right along the top, it shows what they are and you can see you go in there and you can see the strongest general listings within them by scrolling through those pages. Like, typically, for holidays or, like, date-specific trends, like if you're creating products for graduation in May or Christmas or fall, you want to have those created and listed at least three months in advance. Like, it's even better if you're more ahead than that and you list them four to five months early. Like, it helps Etsy's algorithm establish your listings and rank them. But I don't want to discourage you because if you're late to the party, don't let it deter you because while it's better to list early, Your listings do get a higher ranking than normal the first few days they're live. Kind of helps. So in other words, Etsy gives new listings a bit of a boost for just a few days. So you can get an edge by listing them immediately before or during a trend. You just um, you you better make sure you nail your product, your photos, your keywords because all of the competition will already be there and have some momentum behind them, some establishment. So. Just make sure you're on point, but don't, I never hesitated to list things like, like usually I was so bad. Usually for Christmas, I wasn't getting them up there until like the end of November. I was such a slacker, but I'd still sell plenty, plenty of Christmas signs. The question would just be, could I, could I get them out in time? (laughs) So see what trends you can embrace in your shop for this year, and it will help you improve your results and accomplish your goals. Ride those trends. (music) Hey guys, are you in the print-on-demand niche on Etsy? I know a ton of you are either already working in it or you're fascinated by this niche, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Heather, who makes $15,000 per month selling print-on-demand in her Etsy shop. And wait for it, she's helped her students as an Etsy coach build five-figure and beyond print-on-demand businesses through her absolutely phenomenal free and paid trainings. Seriously, guys, her courses are so good. I bought her flagship course myself. (laughs) Imagine if you made $100 plus a day with minimal effort, had the potential to quit your nine to five and be your own boss, stopped trading your time for money and instead work when you want to. Get 10 to 20 plus sales a day organically from a store you began six months to a year ago. Have the ability to work anywhere only a few hours a day. This is the beauty and freedom of print on demand that has so many of us extremely excited. Print on demand is only growing and new products are catching on left and right. So let me reassure you, you're not too late for this party at all. If you wanna get started with Heather's free POD webinar, how to earn your first $10,000 with Etsy and print on demand, just go to HeatherTeachesPOD.com. That's HeatherTeachesPOD.com or visit the show notes of this episode. Number three, grow an email list. If you have been here for a while, you've probably heard me say at least once that you shouldn't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket. Here's what I mean by that. There's a bug crawling across my desk. Give me a second to flick this guy away. Bye. Um, We love Etsy. I am a diehard Etsy fan. It provides an incredible marketplace. It brings in lots of shoppers for us, pays sales tax for us, at least... In the US, I can't speak for other places. It takes care of all of the tech for us. Like for someone brand new to business, it is by far the easiest and best way to get started if you don't really know what you're doing. But nothing is perfect, right? And one of the downsides or risks is that Etsy owns their platform and the shoppers are technically Etsy's customers. So if something crazy happens and after building up our our shop and establishing our business and income that our household depends upon, we get shut down, that can be a completely devastating thing to have happen. And now while it's, it's going to be hard no matter how you slice it, these things are less hard when you've gotten many of your customers on an email list and created a relationship with them outside of Etsy because then they'll have some loyalty to you. you'll have a way to reach them. you can keep in touch with them um, if you have to move your shop elsewhere. it's it's just huge. it's it's life and death when you get you know when there's a problem with Etsy. So because of all of this, um, I recommend that people who are brand new to running their own business should start with an Etsy shop, but also build an email list. And long-term, if you want to really grow, you want to get your own website as well, but you don't need to worry about that just yet. I would get the shop going, build an email list. Um, but this episode is all about growing your shop this year. So in having an Etsy, an email list, for or helps for a lot more than just a form of insurance if you get your if you get shut down you know like your customers have crazy busy lives just like you and most of them won't remember your shop unless you remind them about it this is why you want to focus on your email list this year as you build your list you should let them know when you're running a sale adding a new product have special choices for different holidays It's a lot easier to get a previous customer who already loved you, had a great experience with you to come back again than it is to sell a brand new shopper. So leverage that tool. If you wanna learn um, and hear more about how I recommend you grow an email list, check out podcast episode number 32 um, here called Why You Need to Build an Email List for Your Etsy Shop, and I will give you some really good insight. It's gonna, I'll have time there to go into way more detail with you and just tell you how to do it. That will be linked below for you um, as always, if you want to dig into that more, just don't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket. Cover your cover your back. You're building an asset, right? Next up, number four. This year, I want to encourage you to add or level up on social media marketing. You don't have to do this, but if you want to see growth in your business, I recommend it. Um, one major way you can take control of your results on Etsy is through a social media campaign. So rather than depending on people searching on the Etsy marketplace and finding you in a sea of competition. Running your own social media allows you to build a relationship and trust with followers before they're ready to buy, so that once they are, they choose to buy from you, not just go search the general feed. And this allows you to drive traffic to your store and your listings like for yourself, directly directly to you. And now, I, like, I admit, like full transparency, this is no small feat. Learning how to do social media well and gaining a following takes time and intentional development of skills. But... It's still something you can do this year to take charge of your business or to grow your results. And like bonus, building these followings creates a huge asset for your business, like an email list, because you get to decide where you want to drive that traffic to. And if Etsy shuts you down or makes a change you don't like, or you simply decide you want to create your own website instead, or in addition to Etsy, your captive audience can very easily and seamlessly be directed there. It's an asset. So here's what I recommend. Like, obviously... Different Etsy store owners have had success on all the different platforms. But for someone brand new, if you're brand new to the game, I recommend that you start with Pinterest and or TikTok. Facebook can also be great, especially if your perfect shopper is over the age of 35. Um, and especially if you can create a Facebook group, using like utilizing a group around a particular craft or interest. Um, if you're curious about Facebook, I'd recommend you learn from my friend Julie Oxendine, Of Julie's Wreath Boutique. And she has literally, she's amazing. She's killed the game building her wreath business on Facebook. And now she also teaches social media for creatives. Um, Her YouTube, her Facebook, everything she has done has just blown up and sent her so much traffic. So she would be my go to for learning, especially Facebook. She was on podcast episode number 33 um, and gave us a ton of free tips that would be a great place to start. It was called no, so, uh, no, episode 33, How an Etsy Wreath Maker Used Social Media to Build a Six-Figure Business Selling Tutorials. Man, now that I look back, that was a mouthful of a title, but it's still, it's all true. So um, that episode is linked. Check out Julie's Wreath, wreath Boutique, um, and if you, you're you curious about her monthly membership to learn the social media, like I love that she does the monthly thing because things change on social media all the time. You know, it's great to take a course, but it's even better to be somewhere where you're getting the updates as they come and getting ongoing training and support. So um, you can find that link in the show notes as well. Um, a huge fan of her, very, very confident, suggesting Julie. As far as Instagram, I think it's good to be on there just because it tends to be the first place that people will look you up. But like, here's the tea, it's so hard to get a foothold there if you're starting from zero. Like, Even for me, um, I, I wouldn't waste much energy on, on a strategy on Instagram. Like I would suggest you use it in tandem with TikTok and recycle your TikToks into reels, repurpose, um, stories are also a key place to focus. So if you are going to be on Instagram, it's good to have some stories going that, uh, stories and reels are the only thing to spend any time on there. Okay, I'm gonna move on because since I recommend Pinterest and TikTok the most, I want to spend some time on them, like the bulk of it. So TikTok, I know that video might feel really daunting to many of you, but it is one of the top, best, most powerful ways that you can get success fast, and like it's the platform these days that you can still get go viral without paying for ads. Like you can just get in there, and the algorithm is beautiful, like and it gives you a boost when you first start. So. I think it makes it worth it to overcome the fears uh, because it's such a valuable platform. It also, it really helps you build a strong relationship with with people because they're seeing you, right? And the reality is people today want to see videos of both you and your product. And like, like, honestly, depending on what you sell, you might not have to show your face very often. Like if you go a different aesthetic, that can really work. You'll have to kind of look into it. But here's what I want you to do first. I want you to follow 10 accounts that sell what you sell. They need to be accounts with at least 10,000 followers. And when you look at their profile, their videos, they need to ha- they need to be getting at least 1,000 views on average. I mean, ideally, I really hope you can find some that are doing way better than that, but it's a good starting point. I don't want you to f- like trying to study anyone doing really less than that. Uh, well, I'll caveat to that in a second, but like these are the people to really learn from. So then I want you to study the heck out of those accounts. Like, how long are their videos? What topics do they cover? How do they approach selling the product? Like, how do they let people know they have a product at all? Because it may not be the focus of every video. It probably shouldn't be. You, you want the people to fall in love with you. What captions do they do at the beginning? Um, how do they start their video? Or, or like, what is, it's called a hook. What is their hook? How do they immediately draw the person in so they don't click away? Because the first three seconds determines if people will stay and watch at all. How often do they post? Which videos and topics perform the best, like have the most views, likes, shares, comments, et cetera. Pay attention to what's in their background behind them, the angles that they use with the can- camera, other props they bring in, the people, like what what are they wearing, how do they talk, how do they carry themselves, all the details, like what makes it special or like jump out at people, what music or sounds do they use. Also, um, like a little note there, you can actually, if you find a sound you love, you can save it to your library and to use yourself. And that's, that's like a really fun tool that I use all the time, just YouTube. But if you can't figure out how to save it, it's, it'll be on there. It'll show you on YouTube. Oh, okay. So a little pro tip here, this is where I want to add a caveat. It can also help to look at accounts in your niche that aren't doing well. Sometimes this really helps me uh, improve myself. So if I'm watching someone who's terrible and, and I can, I can kind of like I try to diagnose why their videos aren't working. It's usually like the cringe is really obvious from the beginning. And it can help you with your own approach. It'll, it'll, it'll kind of help you be like, oh, I have a tendency to do that. I shouldn't do that, you know. My sister, I'm uh, um, totally going off script here, but my sister is like way better at marketing than me. Um, and so she gives me little advice all the time. And she's, she's also like about a decade younger than me. It's just the two of us. I don't know what my parents are thinking. It was crazy. But then I went and, you know, did it myself with 8 years between my children but um when I first got on TikTok she said I was being way too rigid cuz I tend to be I'm like I'm on the cusp of like Gen Y and Gen X and I can I can be a little bit formal in how I speak and she's like dude that's not going to work on TikTok you can't be so calculated you need to like talk like much more casually like you're talking to a friend like think think of yourself like voice memoing someone on text message I mean, it helps so much. And sometimes I see, I catch myself falling back into it. But then once I was on there studying and I found, I like came across someone who's like too, I'm like, oh yeah, you can tell that someone's like too calculated. They're too like in their business. They're not just like ch- chatting. So um, I don't know, like, to, like to tease myself a little bit there, but you'll, you'll learn a lot by also looking at a few of the accounts that aren't doing it right. Just spend more time on the ones that are. <laughs> so doing this, This little exercise and this little research should give you so much insight and so many ideas about what to try. So I'd I'd make a list of TikTok ideas. In fact, something I do when I'm planning a TikTok push is I require myself to come up with one new topic idea per day. And then I add it in a little little list I'm working in a notebook. And and then I just have to come up with one a day. It's low stakes. And then when I need to create a new TikTok, I've got a ton of ideas waiting for me. And I don't have to come up with anything on the spot because that's the worst. So maybe research for a week or so, just be a fly on the wall, spend a couple of hours totally just like studying how the top players on TikTok in your niche make videos that perform well, just study it, make your list of ideas you want to try. Then I want you to start by making yourself post one TikTok per day, every day for 30 days, do like a 30 day push. And keep in mind, you can repurpose those videos also for reels on Instagram and Facebook, or you can use them on Pinterest. You can use them as shorts on YouTube. It's crazy versatile and valuable content. So that should encourage you a bit there. Like it's, it, you know, everyone that you make, you can, you can do a lot with it. But when I did that, um, I mean, in that amount of time, at the very least, you'll, you're going to get way better at making short videos. You can't not after doing 30 of them. You're going to get rid of most, if not all of your fear, you're going to have created a habit of creating the content. So hopefully you'll keep doing it after the 30 days. And you might, you just might gain a ton of followers and views. That's what happened for me. I was really shocked. But when I pushed myself to do 30 days somewhere in there, I like, I got the feedback from my sister. I was studying and I just kind of like got a groove and, um, I was able to kind of, uh, you know, take off a little bit on TikTok and, um, gain some business that way. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying if you want fast success, your best bet is TikTok. Pinterest. So we have covered Pinterest a couple times on dedicated podcasts. So I'm gonna just touch on it here and link those episodes for you if you're like, yeah, I wanna dig into Pinterest. But Pinterest is so great since every pin you create will link to your shop. That is so nice. Like every Instagram post doesn't link to a shop. Every TikTok doesn't link to a shop at all. They have to go to your links. On Pinterest, every piece of content you create links to a shop unless it's an idea pin but i digress so most of the li- they will li- they will link to your shop a section in your shop or an individual listing and that's powerful like pinterest is so visual people are on there either for ideas or to literally shop it's not like facebook and instagram where people are there just to check in with friends see what's up um pass the time like And then maybe, maybe you can interest them with a product if you can interrupt them. Like people visit Pinterest with intention and they're searching for you. So get some great photography going for your products. You need that anyway. Um, And build a pinning strategy where you're on there with new pins a few days a week. And you can schedule them too. If you don't have the time to jump on it, you know, that frequently you can plan it, but you just want to be active on there. Uh, I have two solid podcast episodes that go into a ton more detail on like the how to using Pinterest. And I will link those in the show notes for you if you want to dig into it more. So episode number 26, if you're just like jotting notes or whatever, was called um, Harness the Power of Pinterest and Drive Free Traffic to Your Etsy Shop. That's where I had um, a Pinterest expert on to talk about it. That was awesome. And then episode number eight, How to Use Pinterest to Sell on Etsy, was um, an early episode I did on this podcast talking about how I had used the platform. It's a little shorter. Not quite as detailed, but they're both really, they're going to help you. I can also recommend a Pinterest course if you're like, yes, I've just been like looking for, you know, who do I trust to study? I took this course a few years ago and it was excellent. Um, It's by a blogger named Sophia Lee, and she's really good about keeping it updated as the platform changes. It's one of the reasons I love it so much is because Pinterest is, I mean, they all do this, but Pinterest changes a lot. And she gets in there and like updates those videos for us. And so, um, and you and you continue to have co- access to that new content. I find that really helpful. And I think, I actually think it's a really good price that she sells it for, considering um, there are so many other courses out there. It's a good value. I will also tell you this, she wrote it for bloggers. It's not like, it's not like for Etsy shops, but it, it really won't make any difference for you. So like anytime she refers to a blog post, you're just going to use your Etsy listing link. I just, I learned a ton from her. Um, so it's a great course. It's, it'll save you, uh, or give you a ton of new ideas, which is what, what we want for promoting your shop and listings. And you can find that linked in the show notes. It's cool stuff. But the bottom line, Pinterest is a captive audience. And if someone is using the search terms to find your product, odds are they are looking to buy. That's a good place to be. So it's a huge opportunity for your Etsy shop to boost sales for, for honestly, not a ton of work, which we love. And, um, it's good ROI and you don't have to do it. It's just not as social. It's really much more of a search engine. So worth your time to learn more for sure. Check it out. Next up, number five, let's talk about influencer marketing. And this is a fun one. Influencer marketing can help you sell a ton of product, even if you're not getting a bunch of views on Etsy or have a big following. It's basically where you work with someone else, an influencer who already has a following of people who listen to them and trust them. And they share about your product with their audience. So back in December of 2020 is when I got really excited about the possibilities with this when I heard this awesome gal named Allison J Prince share about it on Jenna Kutcher's podcast. Like Jenna's Gold Digger podcast is many of you guys know it's like my top 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 favorite business podcast. I just loved the possibilities that Allison shared because, again, you can have way quicker success than it takes to build your own following or establish yourself in an algorithm. Like if you don't want to do social media, do influencer marketing. And I personally, I ended up buying Allison's course. I really wanted to dig into this myself. It was like the zero to 100K course. It was fantastic. She covered everything. It was like just it was just so thorough and well done and different than anything I'd done before. I highly recommend it if you're not sure. But um, a whole different approach for your Etsy shop this year could be to try influencer marketing. Um, here are a few tips I want to kind of throw at you. Number one, work with a smaller influencer. I know that might sound counterintuitive, but actually, hopefully, that makes it feel like lower stakes too. Say like ten thousand to fifty thousand followers, like not not a huge one with hundreds of thousands. Just make sure that they're like study their existing content and make sure you can see that they do regularly sell stuff and recommend stuff like their followers are engaged in it. Otherwise, if they haven't trained their followers that way, you it won't work. I, I trust me, <laughs> I've experienced it. Um, sometimes an influencer will work with you in exchange for a free product. If they're really small, Like that would be like an under 10K probably influencer. But um, typically you do have to pay them from the promotion. Some influencers are good with like making just commissions from what they sell, um, but others want a commission plus, you know, like a flat rate upfront comp like payment as well. So they'll want both it just depends on how effectively, but you should be able to get data from them about what they can, what they can do for you. I think it can be well worth it. Like just again, make sure it's clear. They know how to sell and they do it regularly. Their audience is used to it. Many influencers will have like a media kit or a sponsor info on their website so you can see what their rates are before you reach out to them. And that can really help you know what you're getting into and if you want to if you wanna bother. And then the other tip I want to give you is make sure that the terms of your agreement are super clear with them, okay? You both need to know 100% exactly what to expect from each other or it can get kind of hairy. <laughs> Water break if you're curious about this, I would suggest you start by listening to the same podcast that I did. Like that's all I'm going to link here. It's a great starting place. It, it got me really excited, gave me lots of ideas. Um, and then from there, I followed the links to go look at Allison's stuff and you can do that as well. She's got great free stuff as well. Um, so I will have that podcast episode linked, um, under the influencer marketing section in the show notes for you. So you can check out that, that episode. It was, I should go listen to it again, actually, because it's been a year, I think. I listen to it like once a year. It's so good. Okay, moving on to number six. We are just flying through here. Um, Number six is develop your skills. So if there's nothing else I've learned from my own entrepreneurial journey, what I know for sure is that you have to keep working on yourself and developing your skills. Like Even the most successful people have a practice of daily personal growth. I personally commit each year, to each of the suggestions I'm about to give you. I do all of them, might I say, with gusto. <laughs> I'm a bit of a personal growth junkie. I love it. It just keeps me really motivated, too. Like, aside from I love to learn, I, it keeps me inspired, helps me prevent burnout. So this year, you develop a consistent effort to keep learning. Like, listen to podcasts. And you guys, let me know if it would be helpful to you if I did, like, a podcast or a TikTok or a blog post about my favorite podcasts that helped me and, like, Why? um, take courses. This can be, there's free ones too. There's free ones and paid ones. The paid ones are usually better. I'll tell you, you kind of get what you pay for. Um, I feel like I waste my time when I take, when I spend too much time in free courses, but this can be to improve or expand your skills and make your product better. Um, it could be on a marketing topic. It could be some other facet of business you want to strengthen or for your personal life too. Like I've learned that everything flows together. Okay. Like we really don't compartmentalize in the end as humans. So if I get better at parenting, it spills over and strengthens me as a business owner too. Last year, for instance, I took a copywriting course, a parenting course, a spiritual growth course, and a breastfeeding course. (laughs) And there were probably more. I'm sure there were more that I'm just not remembering at the moment as I'm like rattling off that list. But just like off the top of my head, I gained so much from them. And this year, I've already purchased Heather's print-on-demand course, so I can learn more about that niche. I'm very excited about that, and I guarantee you there will be more. (laughs) I've already got my eyes on some marketing courses for like both social media and email. I'm just trying to keep the reins back while I'm just like, you have a newborn, Elizabeth. Let's just take this one day at a time, ma'am. The next one is get coaching. So whether it's for business, for Etsy, for your personal life, your parenting, or all of the above... Last year, I participated in an intensive entrepreneurial mastermind for the first six months, and I also worked with a spiritual coach. It's really helpful to have coaching, and this year, I plan to get some branding coaching and hopefully, hopefully more. I'm just, again, waiting for that dust to settle before I make commitments, but the point is never stop growing your skills. If you don't stop growing, your business won't either. If you do stop growing, your business will plateau. And there's a direct correlation between developing your skills and the success you can achieve. And if nothing else, just like me, it will help keep you motivated and inspired. It helps prevent burnout. And then last but not least, our number seven is to develop yourself. And this is different from developing your skills. Like this is about developing you as a person, working out your kinks, disarming your triggers, growing in what you can handle, because your business will only grow as big as your capacity, okay? Therefore, we all have to work on our capacity, myself included. Whether it's like time management, boundaries, relationships, confronting fears, reducing anxiety, like this is another form of personal growth that's very different from developing your skills. This is developing your character. A lot of times, we're not entirely aware of our issues and weaknesses. Or for instance, I've noticed that I, I often mislabel an issue. <laughs> if you have to tell me I'm not alone on this, maybe it's just me. Like I'll be thinking I have an issue with being overwhelmed or overextended. You know, I'm complaining about overwhelm, but I'm looking at the wrong problem. It's actually an issue with boundaries. Like that's where I need to learn, not about how to manage overwhelm. I need to learn how to create boundaries um, and how to not be a people pleaser every second of the day. It changes the game when you could accurately label what you're dealing with. (laughs) Makes sense, right? And it can help so much to have someone we trust. Like sometimes it can be a family member or a friend. I really like to work with an expert um, to help uncover like the truths in there of what it really is. And sometimes these skills can be developed through a course. Definitely courses are good for awakening some of this. Um, I also think I think journaling can be an excellent tool of self-discovery because again, you're whether whether you're a verbal processor or an internal processor, like kind of writing down what you're mulling over in your head can help, um, just bring answers, bring insight. But it often helps to get coaching or therapy in these areas as well. And, and if you want your business to grow, you have to confront these things. And my approach when I'm stuck is I hire someone. Like even though it's challenging, um, and you know you got to be ready to be called out. I know I'll make progress so much faster if I allow someone else who knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing into my process. This year, I'm working with my therapist. She's freaking awesome. It took me forever to find her, but it's she's the perfect person for me. And I'm working on strengthening my boundaries. I'm working on reducing anxiety. I'm learning how to channel my energy more healthily. And these things are going to help my business results because I, when I get really overwhelmed, sometimes I can shut down and I stop producing or I lose creativity. So if I can remove some of these blocks, I can do more for you guys. I can produce more. My business can grow. So give it some thought. Where can you focus on developing you that would help remove roadblocks and increase your capacity? (laughs) So there you have it, my friends. Let me do a quick little recap because we just, I feel like we ran a marathon. There are seven ways you can grow your Etsy shop in 2023. Number one, do an in-depth shop review. Number two, pay attention to trends. Number three, grow an email list. Number four, add or level up on social media. Number five, incorporate influencer marketing. Number six, develop your skills. Number seven, develop yourself. So start with one or two, make a plan for how you're gonna implement it. And I cannot wait to hear how it goes. I love it. And y'all don't forget to take less than a minute and answer my survey about what service would be, what service would be most helpful for y'all. Um, I really want to come back doing the right thing for you. You know, again, this is about channeling my time and capacity in the right ways. So I hope today's episode has left you excited and inspired. Send me your feedback. Let me know what you want to hear this year. I cannot wait to see what you do next. So until next time, go make something awesome. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com, where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome! The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.